multiple members of Congress announced their retirement. The Senate confirms a new director at the National Institutes of Health. And the Speaker of the House reveals his plan to avert a government shutdown. For the week of November 13th, 2023, from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., this is Health on the Hill, brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. I'm Matt Duckworth. We certainly want to avoid a government shutdown. It's a dangerous time around the world right now. We recognize that, and we're doing our job. So uh, we had a very, I would call it a refreshing, constructive um, family conversation in our House Republican Conference meeting for an hour ago. Uh, very uh, deliberate, uh, positive discussions about the many options that are on the table. And we'll Kicking off this week's episode with news from Capitol Hill, where House Speaker Mike Johnson, who you just heard, plans to pursue a stopgap spending measure that would fund some parts of the federal government through January 19th and others through February 2nd. Under this two-step continuing resolution, Appropriations for Military Construction, Veterans Affairs, Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development, Agricultural Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and Energy Water Development would be extended through January 19th, while funding for the remaining eight appropriations measures would face the later deadline. The stopgap would not include any supplemental funding. Johnson is aiming to avoid, quote, the absurd holiday season omnibus tradition of massive, loaded-up spending bills introduced right before the Christmas recess, unquote. His plan, however, was received with some internal criticism, with conservative representative Chip Roy, a Republican from Texas, expressing opposition to a clean continuing resolution that does not include additional spending cuts and policy riders. The House GOP can only afford four defections on a party-line vote. Lawmakers face a deadline of November 17th to fund the federal government and avoid a government shutdown when the current continuing resolution expires. across the country in its hands. So it is of the utmost importance to me to make sure we have an experienced leader at the helm of NIH. And Dr. Burton Noli is an excellent choice to lead the agency at this critical moment. You need a steady hand to be a cancer surgeon. That was Senator Patty Murray, a Democrat from Washington, who was commenting on last week's 62 to 36 vote in the Senate to confirm Dr. Monica Burton Noli as the director of the National Institutes of Health. Nearly every Democrat joined 13 Republicans in support of her nomination. Senator Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont who caucuses with Senate Democrats, and John Fetterman, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, were the only members of the Democratic caucus to vote no, with Fetterman echoing concerns previously voiced by Sanders that Bertinoli is not, quote, prepared to take on the greed and power of the drug companies, unquote. Bertinoli becomes the second woman to serve as permanent head of the medical research agency. She replaces Principal Deputy Director Lawrence Tabak, who has worked as NIH Acting Director since the departure of longtime Director Francis Collins nearly two years ago. Bertinoli is an oncologist who most recently served as the director 
of the National Cancer Institute. From excessive costs, sharing for chronic condition uh, medications, for far too long, pharmacy medicine managers have also uh, uh, been uh, left unchecked, pocketing rebates from manufacturers rather than passing them on to patients. One of my guiding principles is, uh, is particularly when it comes to drug uh, pricing policies, is make sure, as others have said, that that uh, the costs, the lower costs, are actually passed on to. Last uh, week, to the Senate Finance Committee unanimously advanced the Better Mental Health Care, Lower Cost Drugs and Extenders Act. The bill would mitigate the impending Medicare physician fee schedule cut by extending the relief from last year at the 2.5% level, rather than letting it drop down to 1.25%. The package would expand eligibility to workforce shortage incentive programs for mental health and substance use disorder clinicians, support the use of licensed clinical social workers in the Medicare program, and require Medicare Advantage plans to have up-to-date and accurate provider directories. Additionally, the draft would mandate that prescription drug plan sponsors with preferred pharmacy networks have a minimum share of in-network pharmacies in underserved areas not tied to a pharmacy benefit manager or the sponsor. The bill also directs the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to collect data on drug acquisition costs and would require plans to include certain discount-eligible drugs in their formularies. Sticking with the Finance Committee today, we're last week, Chairman Ron Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon, and Ranking Member Mike Crapo, a Republican from Idaho, sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, requesting staff briefings to learn more about how the department plans to adapt to the evolving artificial intelligence landscape. The lawmakers ask about any existing gaps in regulatory authority and about how the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will monitor application of artificial intelligence in the Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Medicaid programs. The letter reads, quote, As agencies, providers, manufacturers, and insurers scale up their adoption of these types of tools across diverse healthcare settings, the Senate Finance Committee seeks to strengthen our understanding of the relevant regulatory and statutory landscape as well as engage on plans for adapting as the technology evolves." Unquote. More committee news today, where the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont who caucuses with Senate Democrats, sent a letter to Ambassador Pamela Hamamoto, urging her to push for the inclusion of reasonable pricing and access standards in the New World Health Organization Pandemic Accord. The letter reads, quote, the United States should champion including reasonable pricing and technology sharing requirements into all funding agreements with pharmaceutical companies. It goes on to say, that is not just the right thing to do. It is the smart thing to do to protect the American people from viruses that respect no borders." Unquote. Last week, Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat from Massachusetts, sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Kahn, expressing her disappointment with the agency's decision to allow Amgen's acquisition of Horizon Therapeutics to move forward. Warren expresses concerns about the potential impact of the merger on the price and availability of medicine. The letter urges the Federal Trade Commission to, quote, vigorously challenge consolidation and anti-competitive behavior in the healthcare industry consistent with its proposed merger guidelines. 
unquote. Almost any time in America's history, after months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing... That was the Democratic Senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, announcing that he will not run for re-election next year. Manchin has served in the Senate since 2010. He currently sits on the Appropriations Committee and the Committee on Veterans Affairs. Manchin's decision complicates Democrats' hope to hold on to the Senate majority in 2025. Democrats and Democrat-aligned independents currently only hold a 51-seat majority in the chamber, and nearly all competitive seats up for re-election next year are held by Democrats. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, who switched parties in 2017, and Representative Alex Moody, a Republican from West Virginia in the House, are running for the GOP nomination for Manchin's Senate seat. In related news over in the House, Representative Brad Winstrup, a Republican from Ohio, announced last week that he will be retiring from Congress at the end of next year. Winstrup has served in Congress since 2013. He currently sits on the House Ways and Means Committee and is chairman of the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and co-chair of the GOP Doctors Caucus. Representative Derek Kilmer, a Democrat from Washington and a House Appropriations Committee member, also announced that he will not seek re-election next year. Winstrup and Kilmer joined nearly two dozen other members of Congress who have already announced their plans to retire or seek other offices in 2024. Additionally, Representative Brian Higgins, a Democrat from New York that serves on the House Ways and Means Committee, announced that after serving 19 years in the House, he will also resign in February. Higgins also co-chairs the Bipartisan Cancer Caucus. success in ending that crisis. Unfortunately, the new surprises for patients have come in the form of medical staff shortages, longer wait times, and fewer choices because of the federal government's flawed implementation of the law. Three years ago, That was the voice of House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith, who, along with fellow Republicans on the committee, sent a letter last week to the Biden administration, criticizing its implementation of the No Surprises Act. The letter expresses concerns that some patients still receive a balanced bill following the independent dispute resolution process and urges agencies to enforce the patient protections established by the law. But even worse, the letter states, are the, quote, challenges when grouping IDR claims, the growing backlog of cases, and cases in which large health insurers fail to pay medical providers any amount after arbitration combined to place a significant financial burden on medical providers, forcing them to reduce available staff and services for patients." Unquote. The lawmakers also highlight the administration's failure to issue rulemaking on the advanced explanation of benefits provision of the law. Last week, House Energy and Commerce Committee Republicans sent a letter giving quote-unquote final notice to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, informing Administrator Miriam E. Delfritman that they will issue a subpoena if she fails to provide requested accounting details 
about how SAMHSA spent COVID-19-related supplemental money and 988 crisis care funding. The lawmakers are seeking to, quote, get full accountability for SAMHSA funds, stating that the agency, quote, has repeatedly not provided requested information about expenditures, nor have any legal reasons been provided for not yet providing the requested information and documents, unquote. Dr. Delphine Rittman is asked to produce the requested documents no later than November 27th. Looking ahead today, where the House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, a Republican from Louisiana, released the chamber's schedule for calendar year 2024 last week. The House's schedule for the second session of the 118th Congress has 113 legislative days. It features similar recesses to prior years, including two weeks in February and the month of August, along with a week off in July for the Republican National Convention. The House plans to recess all of October ahead of the 2024 elections and is scheduled to return after Veterans Day for a lame duck session. The Senate has not yet released their 2024 calendar. And uh, the, the key part about this role is um, we need to make sure we empower every single member. And uh, this is a hardworking role. This is a behind the scenes for the most part, which is where I will be very comfortable and uh, look forward for the opportunity to just give it my all. I'm so grateful for my that colleagues. That was the newest member of House Republican leadership, Representative Blake Moore, Republican from Utah, who was elected last week as the vice chair of the House Republican Conference. Moore will fill the position formally held by new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. Moore was first elected to the House of Representatives in 2020 and currently serves on the Ways and Means and Budget Committees. The role of the conference vice chair is one of seven elected leadership positions in the House GOP and is responsible for focusing on political messaging. Come together today to once again honor the generations of Americans who stood on the front lines of freedom. To once again bear witness to the great deeds of a noble few who risked everything, everything, to give us... The White House announced several changes last week that will expand health care coverage for the nation's veterans. Beginning this month, all living World War II veterans will be able to access health care services, including nursing home care, from the Department of Veterans Affairs at no cost. The administration will also work to accelerate PACT Act enrollment for veterans applying for benefits following exposure to toxic substances in the line of duty. Final news today, where the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has released its contract year 2025 policy and technical changes to the Medicare Advantage Plan Program, Medicare Prescription Drug Benefit Program, Medicare Cost Plan Program, and Programs of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly, and Health Information Technology Standards Proposed Rule. The regulation proposes new guardrails for plan compensation to agents and brokers to stop anti-competitive steering and would fix the amount they can be paid per enrollee, regardless of the plan the beneficiary enrolls in, at $642, a decrease in the current cap of $611. The rule would also prohibit Medicare Advantage plan organizations from contracting with third-party marketers that offer volume-based bonuses for enrollment into certain plans. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services expresses concerns 
that such contract terms may interfere with the ability of agents or brokers to assist enrollees in finding the plan that is best suited to their needs. A fact sheet on the proposed rule can be found in the newsroom section of CMS.gov. The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the Ways and Means Committee organizing meeting for the 118th Congress. The Committee on Energy and Commerce will come to order. The chair recognizes herself for an opening statement. Um, and it's a pleasure to bring together the first meeting of the Finance Committee in the 118th Congress. Good morning. The Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions will come to order. All right. We, we end each week's episode with the call to order, where we lightning round congressional meetings and hearings in the near future that you need to know about. First, on Monday, November 13th at 4 p.m., the House Rules Committee meets regarding the Labor, Health, and Human Services, Education, and Related Agencies Appropriations Act. Second, on Tuesday, November 14th at 2 p.m., the House Veterans Affairs Subcommittee on Health holds a hearing titled Emerging Therapies, Breakthroughs in the Battle Against Suicide. Third, on Tuesday, November 14th at 2.30 p.m., the Senate Finance Subcommittee on Healthcare hosts the hearing Ensuring Medicare Beneficiary Access, a Path to Telehealth Permanency. Fourth, on Wednesday, November 15th at 10 a.m., the Senate Foreign Relations Committee convenes a hearing entitled U.S. Leadership on Artificial Intelligence in an Era of Strategic Competition. And last, on Wednesday, November 15th at 12 p.m., the House Veterans Affairs Subcommittee on Technology Modernization gavels in the hearing Electronic Health Record Modernization Deep Dive. System Uptime. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Health on the Hill, brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. For more information on this week's healthcare happenings in the administration and on Capitol Hill, you can visit our website at hhs.com and click on the Policy Briefings tab at the top of the page. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, including the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Did we miss a story you wanted to hear this week? If so, contact us on Twitter at HHS Policy, and we may include it in our next episode. Have a great week, and stay healthy. Stay healthy.